Today's uh, sermon is, is the last of our series in the book of Psalms. Um, and it's a very simple word. Uh, it's about a characteristic, an attribute of God. Um, it's called in theological terms his immutability. But for just normal words, it's, it's the unchanging nature of God. And I believe that the the more we understand about his unchanging nature, the more we will understand who he is and how we can relate to one another. So I think it's going to be a, a good but simple, a simple but good word. Um, you know, the first thing I want to mention is that the one constant in life is that things will change. I think that once you get older, you're going to realize that things are constantly constantly changing whether that means that you are adding things into your your life whether that means things are falling away off of your life things are constantly changing over time we see our circumstances change we see our attitudes change we see the culture and society change we see values that were once held in highest esteem have now changed we see people who are always one way, now they have changed. But you see, there is one thing that does not change, and that is our God. You see, in Hebrews 13.8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that means that his character does not change. It means his power is forever. It means his love endures through all time. And that's what we can trust in. That it's not based upon our performance, that when we are in a relationship with him, that when he is our God and when he is our father, it means that no matter what happens, his love for us does not dwindle. It will not go higher. It will not go lower. It is constant like a steady stream. Because his character, his personhood is un changing. You see, for many of us, I know that a lot of us are struggling with anxiety, with restlessness, but I would argue that the reason why some of us are wrestling with those things is because we have forgotten this one thing of where we need to put our trust, of where we should put our highest priority. Because what ends up happening is because we've forgotten about the unchanging nature and the power and the love of God is that we end up putting our trust and our priority upon things that will bring us comfort but will bring us temporary comfort. And so what ends up happening is those things begin to disappear in our lives. Those things begin to crumble. And so we become anxious, we become nervous because the thing that we have put our hope and our confidence in have now begun to fall away. It's the same idea as if you're coming home from a long day at work and all you want to do is find comfort in what is familiar and what you know will always be there. But what happens when you come home from work and your home always changes location? How taxing would that be for you? How restless would you be? And yet that is the same thing when we put our hope in things that are temporary. It will always change to one thing or another. Society is always going to change. Culture is always going to change. 
All of our values will constantly change. But the one thing that will not change is going to be the character and the love of God. That is where we can put our hope and our priority and our comfort in. Malachi 3.6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. The only way to find true stability in your life, the only way that you will find it is to cling to the one who does not change. You see, the reason I bring this up and the reason we're talking about this is because in this specific psalm, this man, this author, this artist, he is, he is crying out and he is pouring out his heart in distress. In fact, he is crying out so much that the title of this psalm is called the prayer of the afflicted. In verse 4, it says, my heart is struck down to the point where I forget to eat. He has lost his appetite. He says in verse 7, I lie awake all night like a sparrow on a roof. He's, he is hopeless. He is not able to eat. He is in complete despair. And you see, this man is like this because he realizes that nothing lasts. Nothing lasts. Verse 3 says, my days vanish like smoke. I am withering like grass. See, grass in the Bible is a simple metaphor. And all it means is that it's something that's here today and gone tomorrow. He says, look, there is nothing here that remains. And he realizes this, not because he's old, but because he's sick. And the reason that we can know that he's sick is because it says here, my bones burn like a furnace. It says in this passage, he broke my strength and shortened my days. And so what's happened is that because he's sick and because he realizes that his sickness is going to cut the days of his life short, he realizes that life is temporary. That everything in life, no matter how, he how much he desires it, no matter how much he wants it, it will all end one day sooner or later. See, church, this is one of the core teachings of the Bible. And that teaching is that everything in this world is going to fall away. It is meant to fall apart. The Bible says that everything, even the mountains, even the stars, everything will eventually disappear. And this man realizes it after he turns sick and realizes that he only has a few more days. And so he is crying out in despair. God, everything is temporary. What am I supposed to do? You see, the thing is, though, that's all in the beginning of the psalm. Because by the end, what we see is this drastic change in the way he speaks. Because by the end, there's confidence. By the end, there's praise. By the end, there's peace. Before he was afflicted, he was in despair in the beginning. But by the end of the psalm, what we see is that he is able to find comfort. The question is, how does that happen? It's found simply in verse 27. But you are the same, and your years have no end. It is because he has learned the truth that God is an unchanging God. Church, what we know to be true, that what the Bible says again and again, is that the character of God 
does not change. That our God does not change his mind to go with the times, to go with culture, to go with the world. What we know is that he does not change his truth. What we know is that our God does not change. And you see, the reason why God is not changing is because he is not within time. For us as people, because we are living within time, because we are living within the past, present, and future, we can't help but change. But what we know about the unchanging God is that he is removed from time, and therefore he is able to stay constant in his character, in his knowledge, and in his love for us. The reason why I am able to say that God is outside time is because of verse 25. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. It means that even before the earth began, even before time began, there God was. He was there before time, and he is not even there before time. He was there outside of time. Let me try to give you uh, an illustration. I, of all the ones that I've read, this is the one that made the most sense to me. Think of time as a river. And so it's this river flowing next to a, a really big mountain. Now, this river has a lot of bends. It has a lot of curves to it. But what we know is that within this river, there are three boats. There's three boats, and yet what we see is that the first, second, and third boat are far away from each other to the point where they can't see each other. Now, what these boats represent is ourselves. So the middle boat is your present self. The boat ahead of you is your future self. And the boat behind you is your past self. And yet you can't see your past self. You can't see your future self. All you can do is simply go on the river little by little and just try to experience new things, learn new things, and just try to live your life. And yet, on top of the mountain, if you're able to go on top of it, you can look down upon the river of time and see everything clearly. Now, what we know about God is that he is not within that river. He is not within that boat. He is not even on the shoreline. He is on top of the mountain, looking down, able to see the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. He is outside of time altogether. And that is how God relates to time. Because he is outside of it, the past, the present, and the future are all known to him perfectly. He knows us perfectly. He knows our past better than we can remember. He knows what we're going through today better than we do. And he knows exactly what you're going into the future. And that is crazy because it brings such great implications in our life. And the greatest implication is that despite him knowing our past, present, and future, despite him knowing us better than we know ourselves, he still loves us. He is still crazy about us. He still desires a relationship with us. That is not based upon what you have done in the past. It is not based upon what you are doing right now. It is not based upon what you can do in the future. God's love for you endures forever regardless of that. That he loves you even though you don't perform a single thing. 
His relationship with you is not based upon what you can or can't do. His relationship with you is not based on your past, present, or future. His relationship with you is based simply on himself, that he loves you. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, that is when his love for you endures forever. That is when he becomes your father, you become his son and his daughter. That is the greatest implication of this understanding that God is unchanging. The other implication, and this is an important one for many of us, is that God does not have a plan B or a plan C for our lives. I know that for many of us, when we look back, because we gain new knowledge, because we gain new experiences, we look back on our lives and we look in so much regret, we think in so much regret, God, oh, I wish I had done these other things. I wish I had lived this other life. And we think maybe that's the way that God relates to us too. That maybe God is, is seeing how we're living our lives and, and he's realizing, oh, this is the way that Danny is. This is the way that Paul is. This is the way that John is. And, and so maybe that's why uh, I just have to kind of push them to this other plan. No, no, what we know for a fact is that because God is unchanging and because he is out of time, that the past and the present and the future are all known to him. And what we also know in Proverbs is that even though, the man, even though man desires different things, the Lord is the one who establishes his steps. And therefore, we can trust in the fact that the plan, that the purpose, that the life that you are living today is the exact life that God desires you to live. That there is not a different plan that he didn't foresee and didn't realize that you should go on. And so you are on that plan right now. No, no. God, he knew what you would do and you are on the exact plan that he desires you to be on. That the things that you have experienced, good or bad, are necessary for you to grow closer to him. That the things that you do not have in your life today are not there because it is necessary that it is not there for you to experience God closer. Do you get what I'm saying? There's this quote by theologian, theologian John Newton. He said, Everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing can be necessary that he withholds. Everything in your life that you're experiencing today, whether that's good or bad, is necessary for God to do a, a work within your life, to make you a new creation. And yet in the same way, the things that you are waiting for, the things that you are hoping for, the things that you have not received yet, the reason it's not there is because it is necessary for you to grow in him without those things. God did not place those things in your life for a reason. It is on purpose. It is necessary that those things are not in your life today. Everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing can be necessary that he withholds. And so you see, the author of this psalm shows us that God is unchanging. But he also, he also shows us that this unchanging God loves us deeply. You see, it's not enough that God is simply unchanging, that his character is sure, that all these things. Well, you see, what's important is that this unchanging God, whose character is sure, that his love endures, that it is based upon us, that we are able to have a relationship with him. And you see, this author explains how that is. Because when you look at verses 25 to 28, he says this, the stars are going to wear out. 
the mountains are going to disappear. But in verse 28, the children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be permanent before you. What the author is saying is that God is not permanently committed to the stars. He made it, yes, but he is not committed to those things. That God, yes, he made the mountains, but he is not permanently committed to those things. What the author is saying is that God is permanently committed to his children, to his servants, to the people that he has a relationship with. And you see, that is only possible through Jesus Christ. It was only possible through the sacrificial death of Jesus. You see, the thing is, because God is unchanging, what we know is that he has perfect holiness that does not change, and he has perfect love that does not change. And yet what we know for ourselves is that because we are a sinful people, a perfect holy God is not able to come in contact, is not able to have a relationship with a sinful people. And so what are we supposed to do? There's no way that a relationship could form. The only way is that Jesus Christ could come down to earth, live a perfect life, give up his own kingship, and that through his death, through his crucifixion and resurrection, God is able to maintain his holiness and still have a relationship with a sinful people. It was because of what Jesus Christ did that now when we believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord, when God, he looks at us, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees us as perfect. He sees us as his sons and his daughters because Jesus' blood covers us. You see, that's the beauty of it. It's not based upon what we can do. It's not based upon how many times we have to pray or how many times we have to read the Bible. It's based upon our belief in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. And when we believe that, the Bible tells us that Jesus' blood covers us and that God is able to look down at us and see us completely perfect like his son. You know, Pastor Brian Chapel, he once told the story uh, of his hometown. Um, he said years ago, back where he used to live, there were two young brothers who were playing where they shouldn't have been. They were playing by the sandbanks of a river. And what happens is when the river starts to get higher, the sand becomes like quicksand. And so people aren't supposed to even go in that area. And yet these two young brothers were playing there. As they were playing, they realized that the sand was too soft and that they were sinking. Now, that night they didn't come home. And so the next morning, the entire town went out looking for them. They had called, the parents had called the police. They were searching for these two brothers. And finally, as they go to the riverbank, they find one of the boys who had just his shoulder and his head peeping out from the sand. After they took him out, they asked him where his brother was. And he said, look, I, I was standing on his shoulders. My brother told me to stand on his shoulders so that I could live. You see, the way Brian Chapel said it 
was that the foundation of the boy's life was the sacrifice of his brother. You see, what this means is that, look, when you relate this to, to our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died for us. He didn't die for himself. There was no reason for him to go on the cross, and yet he did that because he loved us. And so for us, our, our foundation is not based upon ourselves, is not based upon other things, is not based upon whoever else, it is based upon Jesus Christ, that we are standing upon the sacrifice that he has made. And because of his sacrifice, we are able to have everlasting life in heaven forever with him. Church, are you struggling in despair? Do you realize that life is temporary? I hope, church, that you are able to find comfort in knowing that the unchanging God of the universe loves you. He loves you to the point where he sent his one and only son down from heaven to earth to die on the cross for our sins. You know, I just want to end with one last thing. I know that for many of us, we are struggling with, with anxiety. We are struggling with all of these different things. But I want you to know that maybe the reason why we are struggling with so many different things is because we have not looked within our own heart to see what is truly in the, in the center of our lives. Is the foundation of your life truly the unchanging God of the universe whose love endures forever, or is it in something else? Is it in some other person? Is it in your fame? Is it in your popularity? Is it in finding a different job? Is it in your family? What is it in? I want you to know that the only way that you will find true rest for your soul, the only way that you will get rid of that anxiety and that and that pain and, and those things that are keeping you up at night is to find your rest, to find your center in the unchanging God of the universe that does not change, whose character lasts forever, and whose love endures for you. Amen? Yeah. Let's pray.